uh, just say it's great to be here today. And, um, you know, when we drove up, uh, we knew that this is called the abiding place. But somehow when we drove up, it, it's like the Lord made that declaration of your name in our hearts. And so when we walked in and we just knew, knew, you know, like I said, in the natural, we knew your name, but the abiding place. And I just came expectant to abide. And then where two or three are gathered right now in homes, right now you're gathered with us. So it's two or three are gathered. And I just want to declare this over you. It's, you know, John 15, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. And the Lord says you'll be fruitful. And so I just want to declare that over the abiding place seasons of, 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 of fruitfulness, and, and Anne wanted to get up. She was actually commissioned in August in Pasadena as, an, uh, as a prophet, um, so we're not a non-profit marriage now, I guess, uh, and, uh, but uh, the Lord did that. It was through Cheon, and it was really a blessing, uh, and you know, we just moved to, to Portland, Oregon, Hillsboro, actually, and so Charlie uh, saw that, Pastor Charlie, and said, invited us to come, and so it's an honor. We're looking forward to what God is going to do in that way, and for all of you that are watching, uh, we know we have dear friends in common, no, Nozumu and Kumiko in Japan. I've been there and ministered, and it's been awesome. If it's okay just to have a few products, if you can go to transformationofthenations.com after this, or on your Android or Apple phone, just go to Transformation of the Nations, and we have three products. This book, Five Fingers of God, is now in 12 languages, most recently into Russian. Uh, I was supposed to be there this month uh, in three different cities, and I was looking forward to that. I have a new, newer book called Relational Transformation, and this is on the apostolic movement, how to change the world. And then lastly, Anne has a book called Freedom by Grace. This is how to overcome condemnation. And you can see all that on transformationofthenations.com. Well, today, Lori, when you were speaking, um, you talked about being a little raw. And, you know, I've been in eight states in the last two months, five in the last month. And everywhere I go, to say that people are raw would be an understatement, okay? And particularly this week, as we know, uh, with with the election and with all that's going on. And I'm not going to focus on that uh, so much, but I want to say this, is that part of life is that we disagree with other people. How many have ever had anybody disagree with you? <laughs> of course, all of you have. How many have disagreed with yourself? Of course you have, every day. I sometimes say my greatest fights are within. Uh, you know... I have seen opinions uh, in the different states over masks. Uh, I've seen people get so upset. Um, people are saying, you know, well, you know, they're against it and for it. And, and uh, like I said, different states. Today they honored us. They wore it just to say, hey, we want to honor you. We don't know. And I, I do. I have some elderly parents that I see, so sometimes I'm pretty conservative. Uh, on the other hand, we've been hearing all things about the, the, you know, the different sides and, and, and all these different opinions about politics. But did you know the greatest battle, and the Bible speaks of this, is within. The kingdom of heaven is within. And when we're talking about abiding place, it's about abiding in Christ. And there's a decision that we're making today, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this battle within as it relates to 
this outward battle that people are going through because I really feel like it's, I want, I believe that God wants to really encourage you today. And let me start off with a story. I was uh, with my brother in, um, in, in his pool about four years ago, five years ago. And him and I were having a political discussion. And he is pretty much diametrically opposed to where I'm from. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, he, he's, um, he's a total different angle than me. And we started to talk, and it got kind of heated. Um, and, and um, you know, he's always wanted to be closer to me. And, and, I, and, and as we were sitting there getting, you know, spending time together, and it got all entranced in this political talk, I stopped and I said, just like in a football game or a, a, any kind of sport, I called timeout. <laughs> and I said, do you mind if we talk about this? Because I don't want to talk about anything that's going to separate us relationally. I want to be closer to you. And I don't want to allow anything to come between our relationship. Uh, and so if we can talk about things, great. But if we can't and it hurts our relationship, I would prefer not to. And he said, well, I feel the same way. I do want to be closer to you. And you know what? It was like a month later he called me and he said to me, Mark, my wife, Catherine, um, she has cancer. It's actually stage four cancer. And she's really in trouble. And, of course, we went down. We were able to speak with her and even pray with them. But it dawned on me, had we not made that decision in the pool four weeks earlier, <laughs> we wouldn't have had that moment of support. And I, I want to speak to this. You know, Paul talks about a great division that was going on in the early church. And it was over eating meat sacrificed to idols. It's in Romans 14, if you want to look at me. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. And he says this, Offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature. And refuse to engage in debates with them in concerning nothing more than opinions. For example, one believer has no problem with eating all kinds of food, it's referring to meat, sacrificed to idols, but another with the weaker faith will eat only vegetables. The one who eats freely shouldn't judge and look down on the one who eats only vegetables, and the vegetarian must not judge and look down on the one who eats everything. Remember, God has welcomed him and taken him as a partner. Now, in the early church, the one of the greatest debates, in addition to circumcision uh, for Gentiles and, and, and that issue, but probably the most prominent issue was meat sacrificed to idols. See, what happened is, is in the pagan uh, theaters, in the pagan uh, sanctuaries, they would offer the meat, they would offer the fat uh, to their gods. And the meat then was taken to market, and it was put in that section that said special 50% off tag like you get over at the market. And it was meat that had been used in that way. And so Christians would say on, two, on the different sides, some would say, hey, any meat that I offer to the Lord and I bless with the blood of Jesus, is, is, it's, it's acceptable. And other, others would say, I could never participate in a pagan ritual, therefore I'll never eat meat because I don't really know where it's come from. And so, you know, those who ate meat were, in this verse, it's kind of interesting, 
were the strong ones, <laughs> the more mature believers, and the vegetarians or the vegetable eaters. And I, I know there's some relevance here because I, I love to smoke meat. So is this what it means? No, it has nothing to do with whether you like meat or not. It has to do with this, that those who are strong, they have a certain type of attitude how they respond to differences with other people. You know, most of us would want to think we're the strong ones. You know, we're the, you know, if we say, well, those who are strong must bear with the, you know, those who are weak. But guess what? Paul goes on to say what strength is. Strength, the strong ones, are the people who refuse to engage in debates that concern nothing more than opinions. Did you know that you can have opinions so strong that they actually destroy and hurt relationships. And this is something I want to speak to. I, have a, I also have a son, two sons, they're twins, and I have a son who loves to debate about politics. And people say, don't talk about politics, right? But I want to be closer to my son. And I'm moving up to the Northwest, and I reached out to him, and this was just last year. I just realized I, I, don't, I didn't know how he really thought about life. And we didn't really share deeper things. You know, we talked about sports and things. But I wanted to know his heart. But when I would ask him questions, it was kind of like, a, like we were navigating, you know, through a minefield because could you say the right thing or the wrong thing, you know? And so I said to him, I said, Marcus, um, I would really love to get to know you and get to know your thoughts and have it be a safe place for both of us. And so we started talking about politics and he would tell me all his thoughts, and I would tell him, and we'd start to get heated, and we'd slow it down, and we tried to really learn how to do it. And the more we started to do it, I felt like I was starting to win his heart. And he told me one day, it was one of the greatest compliments you could get from your own son. He said, Dad, I've never met someone who can really accept people with strong, differing opinions. You know, the Lord told me something very interesting. He said, in time, if you will be consistent with this, he will share his heart with you about anything that you ask. Do you know it was eight months later I could ask him virtually any question? And it, and it became uh, possible for, by my ability and my willingness to, to relate to him and to love him and to enjoy him even though we were so so different in our opinion. So the question is, what makes you weak? Is, is it what you eat? No, it's those who quarrel over beautiful matters. It's those who reject other people because of their opinions. And it's those who get offended that are weak, that we, we, we close our hearts to people because they're different from us. You see, according to Scripture, if we are the ones who are strong, we are the ones who are able to overcome differences in a way that we can even build bridges. We're not constantly needing to defend ourselves. We're not quick to quarrel and expect others to be like us. You see, in this text in Romans 14, as we talk about sacrifice to idols, there's a challenge for the church that, and, and, and this, by the way, is in the church. We're not even talking and dealing with the world. He's saying, if you judge other people because they have a difference from you and you allow that to separate you, you actually are entering into a place of weakness 
and also a place of vulnerability. You know, none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. We belong to the Lord. We gave our life to him. And that means everything we are, including our thoughts and our opinions, must be submitted to him and consecrated by him. I have another story. I was uh, at a hotel and uh, I was speaking at a church. It was in Bakersfield, California. And I went down to the uh, hot tub and uh, there were some guys there and they were talking and they were eating pizza, which I always thought, how do you eat pizza and sit in a hot tub? But anyway, uh, that's irrelevant. So anyways, I was, I was talking to them a little bit and I said, what are you guys doing here? And they said, well, with, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're here with Walmart. We're getting training uh, and, uh, uh, on how to run our different departments. And, 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 and I said, well, and then they said, well, what are you doing here? And I said, well, you know, I'm a public speaker. I'm an author and I, I actually go around the world. I have some schools, some orphanage and the guy, and, and one of the guys looks at me and he goes, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, uh, well, yeah, I am. And he goes, well, I'm a Satanist. Just like that. So in my face, like, you know, he's really trying to get my attention now. And I looked at him and I said, well, that's interesting because when I saw you, I could tell that your greatest desire is to be a great father. And he looked at me and he goes, is this guy a wizard or something? <laughs> that's what he said to his friends. And he said to me, he, go, he said, yes. He goes, my, um, uh, my desire, I tell my family, it's just I want to be a great father. And I said, and it's because your, your natural father was so harsh and was never, never there. And he started looking at me. And I said, you know what? Your heavenly father is speaking to me right now and he's speak, reaching out to you in his love and he wants to reveal his heart to you right here in the water. And he's just started looking at me and I go, in fact, I think you're going to meet him and Jesus right here in the water right now. <laughs> and as I started just to proclaim this over him, actually the two other guys said, what about me? What about me? And I started prophesying over the two, two other men. And, and, and uh, suddenly the, the guy, Satan, was, Satan he said, look, at, I'm, not like the, I'm not like those who you know, believe in the weird stuff like sacrifice and all that. He goes, I just don't understand why why um, Lucifer couldn't be more honored and have equality. And, and, and I'm about equality for everyone. And I said, well, I said, well if you think Lucifer is amazing, you should meet his creator. And he just started looking at me. But anyways, he said something to me. He goes, I've never met a Christian like you. He said, usually when I say that, I say it just to get you know, something out of them. And they either get angry or storm off or you know, they don't know what to do. But he says, you looked at me differently and you, you treated me differently. You know, I have times where I've failed, I'm sure, and I've told you the success stories. But what I want to let you know is that I've been learning a very, very valuable lesson in this season. And the lesson is this. I have to make a choice between my opinions and relationships. Yeah. And did you know that we're right now in a season where any careless word, any careless, oh, I'm going to say it, Facebook post. You know, uh, I, I, have a, I have a pet issue. It's uh, human trafficking. I was so excited to see on October 20th that the DHS opened uh, uh, the first uh, federal government uh, 
um, human trafficking agency. You could go look that up. It's amazing. In the midst of all that's going on in the last few weeks, you didn't hear much attention about it. But it's the most integrating across state uh, human trafficking program that's going on in our nation. But what happens is I posted something about uh, human trafficking and about how closed boundaries help us um, know if the children really belong to the parents. And of course, that was really a big debate, you know, about locking up children and all that. But you know what? After I did that, the comments were so vile and so hateful that I looked at who they were and I was shocked they were the, not the people that I knew closely and who know my heart. They were these random people and other people that I would probably want to reach for Christ. And I realized that I, by doing this post, wasn't really reaching anyone or changing anyone. In fact, I was actually closing doors. I usually hit the limit. I've got a, I've got a, a public page, about 27,000, but I've also got a personal page and it's about 5,000, but once I do a post, sometimes it goes down a couple hundred, you know, because you alienate people. But you know what? How about the people that are closer in your life? How about your own relationships? You know what? My goal today is simple. My goal is to bring peace to you in this week of election. My goal is to bring healing to relationships in your family and in your realm of influence. I'm appealing to you right now that it's a season for you to look at the nature of your opinions and how they hurt relationships. Let me give you another example. This one really hits, hits home. I was with, uh, I spoke at a church and I was with a, a team of leaders from that church. And in that small group, uh, two of the leaders, this is here in the Northwest, two of the leaders had children that wanted to, that were called, uh, they were daughters that wanted to be called non-binary. So I'm talking about the LGBTQ plus issue here. And they were saying, our daughter doesn't want to be called by her name anymore. They, she doesn't want us to use pronouns of she or he and these things. And they were talking about it, these two couples. And one of the couples said, look it, we will never participate in this. We told her we don't agree with it. We can't. We, we don't, if we, um, if we put any form of agreement, we're about like validating it. And then the other one said, well, look at, we told our daughter that we love her. And even though we don't understand it, we will try everything we can to love her and accept her. Now, I'm not trying to say that if I was in that situation, I would know how to respond. But when I asked them, well, what's your relationship with you, like with your daughter? What do you think they said? Well, the one who had made all the firm stances in the name of, you know, principle, had virtually no relationship. And the one that had said, hey, we don't understand, we, we care, we don't, we don't know what to do, kind of like we're humble about it, they had a much better relationship. And I really wanted to, to speak about this because I have gone to churches and shared, and a lot of times in the church, people don't even feel vulnerable enough or free enough to talk about this. This is real. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy the identity of our children. And we need to be able to, in the church, this is about opinions and thoughts. We need to come around families. We need to be interceding for our city. We need to be bringing up strong prophetic ministry to speak identity into our children 
and into our region. And the last thing we need to be are the ones that are saying, well, our principles are more important than relationship. Now, I want to say this. We can have and do have principles and what I would call more of a mandate in our life. My wife is an intercessor. You can have uh, very, very strong calls from God. Anne has a real heart to cry out for uh, the unborn. She has a real heart to cry for uh, unity in a city. Um, she actually goes downtown Portland here. Every Wednesday, she goes down with a group of intercessors, 4 to 10 or 12, sometimes even 15, and they'll have Antifa on one side, Black Lives Matter on the other side. And guess what? They have seen a radical difference in the area they've been praying every week. They've seen the glory come down. And by the way, the relationship or the, the interaction with those other groups has gone well. It hasn't been hostile. Um, sometimes if they go worship on too long, they crank up their music or something. But there hasn't been an ugly spirit between them because Anne and her team goes in the spirit of loving the city, loving even those, peop those people where she would maybe not even agree, but just bringing the glory and the presence of the Lord. You see, when we talk about the abiding place, see, that's what it is. It's talking about we're going to bring the presence and the love of God wherever we go, wherever we are, whoever we are, we're walking in that presence. And so we need to make a choice to understand. Yes, we can have convictions. And like I told you, I have one about human trafficking. It's very, very important to me. Um, I love Israel. I take a trip group with Brian Simmons to Israel every year. We were supposed to be there now, uh, but we canceled that, of course this year, but I love Israel. I pray for Israel. I believe in Israel. I'm so excited that the press is hardly hitting this, the, the way that Arab nations are recognizing the nation of Israel. I mean, this is, this is mind-bogglingly wonderful. I have other things that are very important to me, and those convictions can be important, but the wisdom, those who are strong, they are the ones that know when and where to share it. Verse 13 in Romans 14 says, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Notice, it's saying not only stop judging, but ask yourself, are my opinions putting an obstacle into relationships? I'm challenging you today. This is a decision and, and I believe that God wants you to, to make a decision to say, hey, before I share my opinion, Facebook or wherever, or any kind of relationship, ask the question, how will this impact the relationship? You know, in Ephesians 5, it says, only speak what is helpful to others. And I believe that when we respond in a proper way, you know, Romans 15, Paul continued, it says, we are who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. What are we saying? We're saying that, that, that right now, and I just want to save this church, right now we have, I, I want you to know the enemy is so crafty, he he's, wants to use any careless word we use. Let me give you an example of the LGBT community again, plus community. They are saying it's not enough anymore to agree to disagree. You can say, okay, I, I don't understand that. I don't really agree. 
They're saying that if you don't validate my thoughts, you are abusing me. Now, that's how far we've gone. Like, if you disagree with someone, it's abuse. How do you win in a situation like that? You can't. You want to know the secret? I believe the secret is tell them you're not going to judge them. Because they're accountable to God. That you're going to love them and allow God to be the one who holds them in judgment. You see, in that case, you're saying, I accept you, and you're really reaching out. See, things have changed so much that we need to realize that we need to go and not please ourselves. The Greek word here has to do with quarrels, has to do with discussions that are over matters that are more of opinion, imagination, reasoning, reasoning or thought. Earlier, Charlie talked about uh, our trips to Kenya And I remember the first time I went to Kenya, God said something to me so interesting. He said, every time you have an opinion, you're going to be miserable. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? So I get there, and uh, I told you I love meat, but one day I got meat, and I go, what is this? It's mystery meat, right? You know, is that goat or mutton or chicken or who knows what? And sometimes I couldn't even answer. (laughs) And so I'd be sitting there going, oh, no, can I eat this? What's going to happen? You know, and then all of a sudden the Lord said, well, that's an opinion. Just, did you know that they can't eat meat often? They don't have enough money for them. They've prepared. They've given something they don't even have for themselves. And so I'd eat it. Or it'd be too hot, and I'd go, oh. One time, this is the funny, I think it's a funny story. I was so hot, and I'm sweating and all this stuff. And and it was like humid. It was like 115 degrees and humid, you know. And I'm sitting there so hot, and I'm going, oh, this is miserable. And the Lord says, he said to me, he goes, you like saunas, don't you? And he goes, you like going in hot tubs, right? Yes. He goes, well, why don't you just enjoy the heat just like you would in a sauna and start to have your muscles get relaxed, start to enjoy the heat. And I thought, well, that's a novel idea. And guess what? To this day now, when I go to hot areas, I just kind of press in and kind of enjoy it. I like the heat. What's my point? My point is is that it was my opinion about food or about heat and these different things that was actually making me miserable. I am sure some of your minds are exploding right now, but hear me out. My goal is to bring healing. My goal is to bring peace and freedom to you. And I firmly believe that the one of the greatest attacks today is to bring division, pain, and separation into our lives. I believe that valuing our opinions and judgments above others can lead to great pain and anxiety in our lives. So what I'm saying is, and I love, like I said again, I love that Lori came and just said, hey, I'm raw, and I'm just going to bring comfort to all of you that are feeling that, and I want to speak peace to you and say that right now, that any opinion that is that weeded out between the conviction of God, something that the anxiety is going to be very high the next few days. And it's like, Lord, what are you saying? How can I find a peace? How can I abide in you? And I know that many of you will do that and are doing that. And as I meditate on this, I begin to discover the power of trusting God with our thoughts and with our inner life. Romans 6, 6, I mean 8, 6 says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind 
governed or controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. How do you know if your mind is controlled by the Spirit? Life and peace. Is it that simple? Now, I'm not saying we can never have an opinion. I'm not saying we can't have values or, uh, or a conscience. But you know what? In 1 Timothy 3, 3, an elder, a leader, a strong person of faith, this is one of the descriptions, is they are not quarrelsome, they're not quick-tempered or contentious. And so today, I want to do two things as I'm going to be closing. I want to minister to your heart and I want to speak to those that may have divisions in your own family. And I want to reach out to you and I want to, to really bring affirmation. So, so what do we do? First, it's an internal decision and discipline. Are we weak or are we strong? And how do we know? Honestly, it's quite easy. Do you demand your own way? Do you judge or hold others at a distance that are different from you? Are you using your freedoms for your opinion to separate you from other people? Can I pray for you right now? That may be your situation. I want to pray that you'll have peace. Father, I want to pray right now, anyone that's listening, that's divided from a person in their family, in their church, in the, even their work or wherever, over clashes over lifestyle and opinion, I want to pray, Lord, that you'd bring healing and reconciliation to those relationships. Lord, I want to pray you'll forgive us for our need to be right instead of uh, our need to love. And I pray, Lord, that you'll show us how to move in acceptance and how to reach out to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. The next thing I wanted to pray about is, is to ask ourselves, how can we become strong? How do we need to grow in relating to others? In 1 Corinthians 9, 19, Paul said, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. He continued in verse 22, To the weak I became weak to, to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that I, by all possible means I might save some. I want to tell you right now, you can be strong according to the biblical definition. You can love those who are different from you. You can grow. I have made it one of my main goals in life um, is to be a bridge. And I don't want the enemy to steal the, the, um, the ability for us to make a difference in the world. You know, I was with my daughter the other day. We were having, a, um, we were having lunch together. And I said to her, well, you know what? I'm a, I'm a 60-year-old white male Republican Christian. And she goes, Dad, you couldn't be <laughs> in a worse category <laughs> culturally now. You're like, you're like the worst. <laughs> and I, we laughed really hard at that. And then I realized even though I'm in the worst. I've been here in a short time in Portland. I've got to prophesy over the chief of police here. I got to meet the sheriff. I got to meet different leaders in this city. You know how I did that? I did that through a son in the spirit who's in the sheriff's department. He's, he's a black officer. He's actually uh, the highest rank 
black officer in the sheriff department in this city. And his heart is, to, he's with, uh, his name is Derek Peterson, and um, he's actually uh, heads up the, he's the president of Noble, which is the national organization of black law enforcement uh, executives. And he's making a difference in the city. And do you know why? Because he's not, he's not just talking about the needs for the black community, and he does, by the way, he's going in front of the Senate, uh, state senate right now. He's on, he's on boards, he's on teams, he's doing all kinds of things in the city. But guess what Derek's heart is? His heart is to love the city, and he loves people of all races, and he's being used by God to bring restoration and healing. That is the, an example of what I'm talking about. And he's not, allowing, he's not allowing the enemy to give him bait and to cause him to, to respond in a way that it hurts him. So the question is, are you strong or are you weak? And it's, hard, it's, it's much easier if you look at the biblical definition. The last thing is I want to say is it's time to receive healing right now. Yep. Be free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. This is, can be a reality today. We don't have to live in torment the next three days. We don't have to, we don't have to be um, just waiting for the, the response, the election. Which way? You know what? I, I'm going to say this. I believe that either way this goes, I'm going to abide in Christ. Either way this goes, I'm going to be strong. Either way this goes, I want to be the kind of believer that I've described today. And yes, I believe that there will be hardships either way it goes. I've been praying against violence in our cities, regardless and those type of issues. But the truth is, the kingdom of heaven is within, and I can be healed. I can be a peacemaker. I can be a lover. I can be a bridge. And the only way that's possible is it starts with my ability to receive God's love and His healing and then give it to others freely, just as Christ did. So I'm going to pray as I close today for your healing of your heart. Father, we do pray for the, this nation and for this election to come. And we just pray, Lord, that uh, your hand would be in it and your will would be done. And we just pray, Father, that we would trust you in all things. And so today I want to pray for healing for those that have been hurt in relationships in their own family. Some, I've heard so many stories, sons, daughters won't talk to their parents or, or vice versa and all these kind of divisions. But now it's a time of healing and reconciliation. But I pray that everyone listening, their heart would be healed right now. You would touch them with a spirit of comfort and you'd give wisdom to their relationships. And that you bless us all, Father, with the ability to be, have peace, not as the world gives, but as you give. So we give our hearts to you again. And we say, Lord, we trust you. And we ask you to control our mind, to govern our mind by your spirit, so that we can have life and peace. Guard our tongues, but also guard our hearts, that we will move in a spirit of humility and love and be used by you to win uh, those that don't know you and a bridge to other believers that are struggling 
with, uh, with these very relevant issues. I close by blessing abiding place and I pray your favor, fruitfulness, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that was a word of encouragement to you. And, uh, you know, it's been an honor to be here. I look forward to when I'll be back at Abiding Place and you'll be waving those banners and having a great time. And, you know, I enjoyed the worship. You know what I enjoyed? I'll just tell you. You know what I enjoyed most about the worship? How you looked at each other and smiled. You see, this is what we're talking about. The, the, we were having technical problems. We're having stressful moments. And you guys are smiling at each other and worshiping. See, that's a choice. Yeah. You guys, too. I could see you relating and, you know, you're tearing and touch. I mean, we've got a small group here, but we've, we've had church today. I mean, you know, and with those that are watching. And it's been amazing. And God wants to visit you at your home right now. I know I was supposed to stop preaching and I already prayed, but... I just want you to know that God is good all the time and, and you have a good heart too and you're sincere. And it's time to just, I can just feel us all right now just kind of relaxing our muscle heart, you know. Try this, just, I know it looks funny doing this, but <laughs> relax your muscle heart right now. It's like, it's stressed out. And say, Lord, come, pour, Romans 5, 5, pour the love. Of, of, of the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit into our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the privilege to be here. I don't know what if you do anything else. We're just going to end. All right, so we're going to be done, and um, they'll edit it and cut me out. And well, in, the, in the meantime, you guys all be blessed. Have a wonderful week, and I know be come here next Sunday. I know there's going to be a great word uh, from Pastor Charlie. All right, blessings. Love you.